It's Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Okay, welcome to Guy's Guy's Radio, the place where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guy's Guy's Radio. I'm your host, Robert Manny. I'm here to hopefully bring in some guests that will share their stories and their journeys and their experience to inform us and inspire us and empower us and hopefully get us all, me included, to think feel and act guys guys radio we've got a great show today i've got paul selig paul selig is uh one of the world's best known channels and he works with uh, a set of guides and they have channel text for eight books now we're going to talk about the latest book with paul alchemy a channel text book two of the beyond the known trilogy paul's first book his seminal book is i am the word if you want to check out his work you can find out all types of information about him online uh, just look up Paul Selig, S-E-L-I-G, but also the first book, if you want to start at the beginning, uh, which I think helps, the first book is called I Am the Word, and the most recent one is Alchemy, book two, the Beyond the Known Trilogy, and my understanding is the next book is already completed, so that's pretty cool. So I'm really looking forward to another conversation on Guys Guys Radio with Paul about what the guides have to say about how to, how to best experience our our, our lives here on this planet in this 3D dimension at this time because it's crazy right now what's going on and I think they give us a nice place to be which is called the quote-unquote the upper room which is re- really about raising your frequency to a place where you're not just locked into previous definitions and judgments about what everybody and everything is and I think it's so important because you know it's interesting I get uh, asked to be on a lot of uh, dating shows because of my book, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which is a novel, but it is about relationships. And uh, invariably, I find that people are still having the same challenges in dating. And I think part of what they're running into is that, and this is tangentially related to what the guys are telling us in Paul's new book about not being, uh, not letting the small self be locked into previously uh, made collective conscious decisions uh, about defining what things are. So what I mean by that is you go on a date, first time you meet somebody, you have all these questions you want to ask to ferret out all this information. And people are focused on that, and then they already have their predetermined, predisposed judgments on the answers to all of those things. So they're, they're basically slotting somebody into a, you know, into a spot where they think that this is their def- definition of who this person is. As opposed to just getting to know the person organically. Remember, when you get into a new relationship, it's really about a unique shared experience that only you and this new person can share together. And the faster you get to experiencing that together, the better off you'll be instead of just trying to find all this information, all this backstory. If you look at any good movie or read any good story, any good book, the backstory of the main characters comes out about two-thirds of the way uh, into the story you start to find out about all that stuff then so when you go on a date and you're just really pressing this somebody for information about themselves and it's like an interview it's not gonna you're not gonna get to where you want to be because you're not really sharing in that experience you're going by pre disposed definitions and determinations as to what this person's all about based on their answers to the questions that you have because you want to find out x y and z about them instead of sharing that experience and being in the moment. So anyhow, that's my little speech about relationships and how it actually 
is connected to the teachings of the guides and that they are attempting to uh, work with us. They attune us and they help us move to a place where kind of above the fray so we don't have to fall into the same traps in terms of how we perceive people, situations, and experiences. So I hope you enjoy it. We've got Paul Selleck, Guys Guys Radio, your host here, Robert Manny. Can't wait to get started. So let's do it. It's Guys Guy Radio. Guys Guys Radio, I've got a very special guest. In fact, this guest has been on Guys Guys Radio, I think, eight times because he's out with his eighth book. His name is Paul Selig. He is the author of his new book, Beyond the Known Realization uh, Alchemy, is the second book in the trilogy, and it's composed of pure, unedited words of the guides as they have been channeled through Paul. Their message is poignant, beautifully written. I'm reading it right now. I've got about 100 pages to go, and it's been so helpful. The name of the book is Alchemy. But let me tell you a little bit about Paul Selig. He is a uh, he's a really a transformational spiritual channel, uh, probably becoming one of the best known in the world. And he takes no credit for it. It's not like a lot of folks. Uh, I, I take a spiritual enfoldment class with our mutual friend Jeanette Meek, and a lot of the folks they want to be channels, they want to be clairvoyant. And I don't think this was something that Paul asked for, but he got, and he's doing great. And right now he's out in Maui. A little background on Paul. He attended NYU, received his master's from Yale. He had a spiritual experience about 35 years ago. Uh, he's one of the foremost contributors to the field of channel literature working today. He offers channel workshops internationally. And uh, he has been living in New York City, but he uh, moved over to Maui and uh, kind of deciding what he's going to do next. Um, as I had mentioned on the show, uh, Guys Guys Radio, that I moved from New York to San Diego right before COVID hit, and then we managed to sell our place right at the height of the uh, right at the height of the pandemic, and uh, the deal actually went through, and here we are. And it's very different. It's been a pleasant change, but the the fact of the matter is, we're here to talk about this wonderful book. It's called Alchemy: A Channel Text, Book Two. The Beyond the Known Trilogy, my special guest, the author of I Am the Word, which is the first book in his series that's really life-changing. His name is Paul Selleck. Welcome back to Guys Guys Radio, Paul. Thanks for having me, Robert. Good to be with you. So let's start right at the beginning. Um, a lot of alchemy is about the uh, a place called the Upper Room. And I'm going to throw out just some vibes that I'm getting from reading the book, uh, that the, the Upper Room seems to be a place that anybody can get to if they focus on raising their vibration, recognizing divinity in everybody, recognizing that most of the things, if not everything we've been taught, has kind of plastered a mask on us and has been somewhat real, but also somewhat false in many ways. And the, the key to kind of raising your vibration and experiencing the world in a different, better way is by getting to this place called the upper room. So why don't we start there? Mm -hmm. Well, the guides teach the upper room. Um, the book that they wrote, I guess it was the uh, sixth book they wrote, was called The Book of Freedom. And at the end of that book, they invited their readers across a threshold. They said, come, everybody, come, 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 welcome to your new lives. And that's where the book ended. And I figured, okay, that's it. <clears throat> and then they started this new trilogy, the first book, which was called... Um, Beyond the Known Realization. And that book starts off on the other side of that threshold. And I, I didn't know that was coming at all. 
because they hadn't given a name to it. And they called it the upper room. And they say the upper room, I mean, they call it Christ consciousness sometimes. But they say that, um, you know, we collectively are living in an octave of experience. And they say an octave, a musical octave, is comprised of, you know, low notes and high notes. But that everything we see in vibration or tone is of that octave. And what they're doing in these books is lifting us or transposing us to what they call the next level of vibration, the octave above. And they call that the upper room. And they say, you know, the upper room is where the aspect of us, of each of us, who already knows their, his, her innate divinity expresses. It's not some place that we conjure. It's not some idea, they say there's an aspect in everybody, they call it the divine self. And they say the divine self expresses in the upper room at that level of vibration. And so what they're talking about is rearticulation or transposing the energy, the vibration, the consciousness of who we are to be able to play our music in this higher octave, which they call the upper room. And the upper room is a place without fear. And it's quite interesting, people, you know, when I was doing live workshops before COVID and the guides would take people to the upper room, which they do in the books as well, everybody, you can feel it. I mean, it's a literal shift in the energetic field. And, you know, the guides would say to people, once everybody was there, what are you afraid of? And there wasn't anything. And that was the shocker. You know, there wasn't anything to be frightened of. And they said, you know, if you want your fear and you want to learn through it, you can continue to just go back downstairs you know, where it exists. Why, why do you think people are afraid of uh, unmasking themselves? It's that so much, and it's so much fear being sold in America now. Do you think it's a, a, a matter of um, just the unknown, that uh, I, at least I know maybe things aren't that great, but at least I have a handle on it, where change is very difficult for people. And now with the fear, pervert, the, the fear porn that's out there, people are really afraid to make changes. Well, yes, you know, I mean, the guides aren't talking about unmasking as people are talking about it today. The guides wrote this book, you know, they dictated a year ago. They say the mask, that the, the, the false self or the small self is, is, is a construct. It's, we're at a masquerade. I show up, I'm going to say, hi, I'm Paul. I'll be the channel in this lifetime. You come through, say, hi, I'm, I'm Manny. I'm going to be the father, you know, and the radio host and the author. And that's how we negotiate our communications through these ways of knowing ourselves, And the guides say there's nothing wrong with these ways of knowing ourselves. It's, it's useful, it's necessary, but it's not who we truly are. So I'm not always Paul who is a channel. You're not always Robert who's, you know, the dad. I mean, there's, there's different ways of, of being known. So they say that the personality itself is a construct that's born in history and really circumstance where you're born, who you're born to, how you're raised, all of those things. And those provide lessons. You know, we learn through these choices and through these encounters, and that's part of our growth. But it's not who we truly are. When I was first opening up to it as a channel many years ago, and I always have to say I'm 99% sure I heard this in channel because I wrote it down because I didn't understand it, stuck it in a book. And I was struggling at the time, and what I heard was, freedom will come when the throne relinquishes its king. And I thought, what the hell does that mean? 
That's the entire book, all of the books, really. Who sits in the throne? What aspect of the self is running the show? Is it the small self with its criteria for what success is, what well-being is, how I should, you know, or you should be in the world, all those shoulds. And the, and the true self, the guides say, that's who we truly are. And the true self, they say, rules a different kingdom. And they talk about the kingdom in, in all the books, and they say, the kingdom is the awareness of the inherent divine in all manifestation. You know, God is all things. So the mask is useful. It's not who we truly are. And we're attached to all this information. The guides say the small self knows itself through history. All it can do is replicate the ideas of the past, what it's been fed. The true self has access to information and knowledge well beyond that. And according to them, that's what we begin to embody with when we move to the upper room and begin to operate in a higher vibrational field. Okay. Just to set a context for some of the folks out there who may not be familiar with Paul and his work, he works with the guides. In this book, the eighth book, they finally mention a name, the Melchizedek, I guess. Uh, but okay. what is the relationship of the guides? Who are they? And kind of how do you work for the uh, benefit of those who aren't that familiar with you yet, Paul? So, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a channel, which means basically I'm plugged in at some level where I'm literally taking dictation from this other level of consciousness. They call themselves the guides, or I call them the guides because my ex called them the guides many, many years ago, and the name stuck. But the name that they go by when offered a name or when asked for a name is often the name Melchizedek. And I think it was the, the fourth book when they first announced that publicly, and I wasn't so happy that they did, only because people get attached to the names. And I think what's important is the message. So, if you can imagine that I'm a radio and I'm plugged into a broadcast, the channeling is the broadcast. And how I work is I sit in a chair and usually in front of a lot of people. The last number, several books were all dictated entirely in front of live audiences. I close my eyes. I recede my consciousness and the guides come through and teach. And the recordings of the teaching, um, the videotapes are then sent to a transcription service. They transcribe everything. Somebody else proofs them, and then they wind up in a book. And that's it. That's the entirety of the process now. In the old days, I used to transcribe the, the work, and it took much longer for me to type it than it did for me to deliver. But really, I'm a radio bringing through a teaching. You, you uh, when, uh, when, when at a workshop with Paul, he, uh, the information comes through and he, he says it once and then he repeats it. Do you um, remember what you're saying? Maybe half a third. It depends on the day. If I'm my favorite channelings are the one where I don't even remember anything, you know, because then I'm really flowing. But I'm so busy keeping up with the dictation that I can't go back and reference so I hear in phrases, um, I whisper the phrase as it comes, and that's the transmission, then I repeat it in a louder voice, and the next one's always ready to come through. So it's kind of this loop, it's like reading ticker tape, one thing after the next. So my job is to try to keep up. And as a result of that, I don't know what the larger gesture or action of a teaching is gonna be, um, let alone you know a whole book that somehow 
once it's all printed out and, you know, makes sense as a book, which is astonishing because the books aren't written. They're spoken, you know. So I remember some um, when I'm too engaged in the channeling. I'm no, I've been known to interrupt it a lot. Um, and the guides will say, you know, Paul is asking. And if they say something that I think is too far out or too confusing for me or or strikes me as contradictory, I will often, you know, interject and say, and, and they'll, they'll go answer the questions for the most part. Okay. We've got Paul Selig on Guys Guys Radio today. The new book is Alchemy, a Channel Text. It's book two of the Beyond the Known trilogy. And we're talking about the upper room. Um, for the benefit of our listeners, um, in the upper room, what what are the expectations of what someone may experience or not experience? It was interesting to me, I was reading through, and it seemed like it all depends on what the alignment is of your vibration. That's what you will experience. It's not the same for everybody. You can come down the stairs, if you will, and come back up to the upper room. But um, I was sitting uh, uh, by myself last Friday night, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to say, decide I'm staying in the upper room. So anytime something comes up that challenges me, whether it's a friend that's irritating me or something that I'm hearing on TV or whatever, I'm just going to say, I lift you to the upper room, as they say in the book. And it's actually very simple, and it's made me feel a lot more relaxed. Could you explain this to our listeners, what, kind of what I'm talking about? I'll try. Um... I think the first thing that I need to say is that the guides say that we are in vibrational accord to our entire reality. Some people say you create your reality and the guides say, well, we're all contributing to it. You know, there's a collective agreement. We know the country we're in and we know what a, a window is. You know, we have all these collective understandings. So we're already in vibrational accord to this reality that we know. When you're lifting to the upper room, the guides say your your vibrational field changes and what you call to you consequently will change as well. You're at a different level of alignment, so you're calling different things to you. The guides actually say when you really sort of get there and you maintain it, this is the book that they're dictating now. They're just finishing their, their ninth book. Um, you really don't want for anything because you're always in agreement to the source of all things. So you're not struggling and striving in the same way. You're literally moving into a level of congruence with source, you know, so you're not operating from a schism of separation or fear. Um, you talked about lifting things to the upper room, which is something that they talk about. And the guides say, you know, the requirements of being in the upper room really are the willingness to let go of the ideas that we have held that keep us in separation. It's really as simple as what you damn damns you back, what you bless blesses you in return. So you want to damn anybody or anything, you can. You can choose that. But that aligns you in vibration to the thing you say you don't want. The guides often say you can't lift the evil man to the upper room because you've made him evil. So in order to lift the man to the upper room, you have to see beyond the act to the source of the man, which they say is the one source of all things. God is all things. So it's that level of realization that one seems to be coming to, you know, as they teach it. And um, so you ask, what is it like there? Here's the easiest way to think of it. 
Imagine you've been living in a basement apartment for a long, long time and all your crap is in there, you know, including, you know, your divorce papers and, you know, your your father's ashes and, you know, your ex's clothes in the back of the closet. And somebody offers you a great apartment on the 10th floor. The view from the 10th floor apartment is going to be vastly different than the one you've known. with a whole lot more light. And you get up there and you say, oh, this is really wonderful, but where are my father's ashes and my divorce papers? And you run right back downstairs to the basement to what you've known. And you really don't get to bring that stuff with you on this journey. You have to, you know, re-see these things, re-know these things, or release these things that would bind us to the old. And it's not to deny those things. You're not pretending things didn't happen. It's not spiritual bypassing. It's it's a reawakening to who you are at the cost of the investment you have placed in what you were. So if I want to say, I'm Paul, I worry all the time, um, I eat too much, these things are ways that I know myself. And they're not inaccurate, but that's not who I truly am. But the moment I want to reattach to, I can't get over my ex, or things don't work out for me, whatever it is I want to claim, I'm actually sort of reiterating the past that I say that I want to move on from. And in the upper room, that actually happens. You know, you are actually releasing the ideas of who you were, because they're just ideas that you've been in sort of agreement or energetic accord to. So one of the things that you're doing then in the upper room is you're um, you're realizing, recognizing you're more in your truth. It's not your, things are changed. It's you're really peeling away what's been in the way. Exactly. The guides say you can't make anything holy. It already is. But you can deny the divine in anything. The guides say our only problem as a species is the denial of the divine, which we've taken to such an extreme that we've created this belief in separation, separation from each other and separation from source. And that if we want to keep playing that out, we can, but it doesn't lead to a very, a very positive place. Now, in the kind of the evolution of these books, there's been a lot of attunements that have taken place that yeah. have been wonderful. And also um, a lot of nomenclature and the phrasing that's been used, like uh, currently it's, uh, I know I am in truth, I know what I am in truth. I know how I serve in truth. I have come. I have come. I've come. In this book, there's also I am known. I lift you to the upper room. Um, then there's also uh, I, I know who you are in truth. I know what you are in truth. I know how you serve in truth. You are here. You are here. You are here. How, do, how does uh, how should one kind of balance all of these? Because it seems like there's a lot of different ways of saying things. Well, they build. I mean, I think that's the thing. What you're, what you're, what you're speaking are the energetic attunements, or some of them, mm-hmm. or even more now because there's another book out. And the energetic attunements seem to be ways of tuning the radios that we are to play a higher broadcast. It's really that simple. So before they invited everybody to the upper room, they worked with this simple claim: "I know who I am in truth." And the guides say, in truth, a lie will not be held. So you're already getting rid of all the bull that you would attach to it. The true self, they say, is the I am self or the divine self. And they say the true self knows who it is. So what is true is always true. The phrase is always true. The teaching is always true. I know who I am in truth. 
that's identity. I know what I am in truth, which is the manifestation of the divine form. You know, God as the body, God is the tree outside the window, God is the sky, God is all things. I know how I serve in truth, which is, they say, the teaching of expression. You know, how the divine serves is how it most, most fully expresses as and through each of us. So once that's sort of stated and set in the energetic field, we can then begin to shift beyond what we've known as we've sort of been moored to the lower vibrational octave. So the attunements, once they build on each other, are really in support of our realization. One of the attunements they're working with now in the book that they're dictating is, um, you know, behold, I make all things new, which is quite startling to feel. You know? And they're talking about reperceiving a reality so that you can see or be in agreement to the inherent divine in what is seen. You know, I can't say that I'm walking around at this level myself. I'm a student of this work, too. And it's sometimes harder for me because I'm bringing through so much information. And it's crazy, you know, how much information is being delivered um, that I can't be sort of the objective student in the way that I would like to be. But I do understand that these attunements have an energetic component to them. They say that the language is encoded and it supports us in aligning or vibrationally attuning or agreeing to the claim so that that begins to become our experience, which is why most people can feel them. You know, the attunements are usually quite physical for people. They're not just, you know, incantations. They're, they're claims that you can sort of support. So imagine you're a radio and there are all these stations that have always been playing that you didn't know you could play. The attunements really are aligning the radio that you are to play or incorporate or align to the higher broadcast that's always been there. Let's take a big, big picture question. They talk about uh, the, the tone and the chord. And by the way, welcome, guys, and thank you for being, I know you're there with Paul. Um, the chord, which uh, to me, my takeaway was there's a sound like they're bringing words through you. And we speak in words because that's what collectively we need to communicate. But at, at the highest levels of the dimensions, and it sounds like there's a lot of levels within dimensions, that there is a chord, a chord, a sound, and that's how that's how the universe kind of works. And as part of that, uh, it seems like we are seen by higher dimensional beings, correct me if I'm wrong here, Paul, as points of light instead of strictly physical bodies. Am I completely wrong here? Or am I onto something? I, something? I don't think they've ever said points of light. But I wouldn't disagree with it as a descriptor. The guides say they see us as who we truly are beyond what we think we are. And there are times that guides have described themselves when people ask, who are you? The guides have said, we are who you become when you truly know who you are, you know, which is without the, the sense of separation, you know, the belief in, the belief in fear, all of those things. So, yeah, I, I suspect that they see us, you know, in our true state of being. And I also believe that they comprehend the struggles that we go through, you know, and they're there to support us in this. At least that's been my experience with it. You know, I've, um, I've been, you know, I'm not somebody who wanted to channel. I didn't even necessarily believe in it. I was, 
suspicious of it as a phenomenon. I'd read half of a Seth book when I was a graduate student, but that was mostly, you know, my introduction to it. And I liked that book. I just didn't finish it. Um, but I have to say they've been enormously consistent in their teachings through me. And I've been, in spite of all evidence that I could try to conjure to the contrary, been very well taken care of through this. I really have been. And that surprises me, you know. Um, and so I have to trust at a certain level that this is good and true and loving, you know, that that is what they're laying out for us. Um, occasionally they'll say to the students of their work, we know who you are in truth. We know what you are in truth. We know how you serve in truth. You're free or free or free. And the claim you are free is free of the attachment to the old and the belief that we're not worthy of this, you know, and that it can't be so and all of those things. So, you know, they're, they're supporting us in a process. It is our free will if we want to go on it. They don't tell people what to do. You know, I always say, you know, I'm not a spiritual teacher. I really don't want to be. That's not my job. I'm happy to sit in the chair and take the dictation. I'm happy to try to live the teachings as best I can. And I'm open to trying to explain the teachings, you know, as I'm trying to do here with you, you know, because you're asking. But that's kind of it. You know, I'm not, you know, they're not dragging us to the altar. They're saying, here's how you get to the upper room. If you want it, you can have it. You can begin to have the experience there. Have you ever stepped back, Paul, and said, oh, why me? Why now? Do you think it has anything to do with this supposed global awakening that started maybe a few years ago with maybe with the first book and continues now and all the things that are going on that people are saying, oh, my God, everything in the world is changing now. And it seems like the guy's messaging through you is congruent with what seems to be happening. It's shocking to me. You know, I mean, the, I didn't know, I didn't, in my experience of the books, as they were coming, because the guides have been saying for years, everything is about to change, economic structures, political structures, it's all going to go. Everything that doesn't have a basis in truth finally will not be able to stand in the energies that are coming here. And they talk about this as a positive, finally, as a, a recreation. The very first book, which was dictated in 2009, they said humanity is at a time of reckoning, and a reckoning is a facing of the self and all of one's creations. And, um, you know, even, I guess, maybe seven months ago, I don't know, eight months, I, I only know this because somebody posted an excerpt of the interview. I don't even know what the interview was, but they quoted the guides because the guides were showing up in the interview. And the person, I think the interview was demanding, well, what's going to happen practically? What's going to happen? And they said, you're not going to believe what's about to happen. You know, and they pretty much, they didn't mention COVID, but they certainly talked about everything that we're experiencing right now, you know, in terms of massive change and upheaval, sudden and unexpected at a global level. And when I read that, I went, yeah, they've really been on it. But I think that they're on it in order to support us through it. You know, they're not teaching Armageddon. They're not teaching, you know, fear. They're teaching love and they're teaching moving beyond separation. I had said to the guides, and I remember because it was in a live stream. I do live streams on most Wednesday evenings. 
And the guides started talking about the big changes they were ahead. It was like over a year ago. And I, I live in New York City, you know, mostly. And I remember after the broadcast, I just said, just don't let me be in New York when it happens. I said, <laughs> I went through the AIDS epidemic in New York. I went through 9-11 living downtown in New York. I don't want to be here for the next one. I said, please just let me be someplace beautiful and safe and quiet. And I was in Costa Rica, you know, when, uh, when New York City shut down. And now I'm here in Maui. And I feel extraordinarily fortunate to be able to be, you know, We've been able to do that. I mean, it was it was a gift for me and an unexpected one. But yeah, they're um, you know, they've been talking about this for a long time, and I feel that it is part of what's going on, and it is a global awakening. I think it's a messy one because people still want to attack everybody, and that's not the way you really grow. You know, that's more separation. Well, what are the guides? I guess the elephant in the room is everybody wants to know about COVID. What are the guides if they say anything specifically about that and also about all these changes in the uh, environment and these storms and all of that stuff? And kind of part two of that question is if you are raising your vibration as best you can, is it possible that you will experience these things differently than people who are not doing that work? I don't know that I can or want to answer either of those. I mean, the guides don't make those kinds of predictions. You know, they, they really don't. They speak about structures and the change of structures and how we attend to those changes. That's how I understand it. So I'm not Sylvia Brown, you know, or one of those people saying, you know, in the year or something, something. <laughs> Occasionally, they'll, they'll surprise me and do that. When I work psychically with clients, they may do some of that. But that's not my my primary work. So if I can even remember your question. There's two things. One is the, the COVID. The other part of that was kind of the physical changes. People were talking about the ocean plates moving and continents yeah. changing and all of that. And then separately, can individuals based on their level of vibration experience these things differently than yeah, other people? I believe that they can, you know, but I don't, I, I think we're always looking at things through the lens of consciousness that we know. So I can choose to be terrified through these times, or I can choose to see these times as of great opportunity, you know, which is how I'm choosing to see these things. I'm not, I'm being prudent. That doesn't mean I'm cavalier. You know, the guides have made real, a real point of teaching the distinction of being prudent and being fearful. And prudent is, you know, if there are sharks in the ocean that day, best not to swim. You don't have to be frightened of the sharks. You're choosing not to swim, you know. And I, I think that's prudent. It's not, oh, my God, I'm never going in the water again. You know, I'm going to get killed if I do. So how can I say this? Um, how we see anything informs the thing we see. That's the metaphysics here. And as enough of us begin to lift to a higher level of consciousness, um, we support the changes that are happening. But I do think it's choice. Do I think these things will be happening anyway? Yeah. How I interpret them or experience them is going to be dependent on my consciousness. Period. That's it. That's always going to be the case. Um, do I think that, does that mean that we're going to be living in 
two different realities. You know, you can look at anything as an opportunity or an opportunity to grow and change and have one experience of it. You can look at the same thing as cataclysmic and have another experience of it. And sometimes these changes are experienced that way. You know, losing a loved one, ending a relationship. You know, these these experiences can be perceived as cataclysmic. They're often great opportunities for growth, uncomfortable ones. But we live through them and we grow through them. And that's my hope for these times. The guides have said increasingly in the last, I don't know, eight months or so, that humanity has made the choice to evolve. That we collectively at a higher level have chosen to move beyond the old. And that a lot of what we're experiencing now in terms of upheaval is in support of that. But I do get that we still have free will and choice. And how we choose to attend to these things at the level of will is really up to us. Do you get the sense uh, from the guides, Paul, that we're at the beginning of this process and mid-process, or is this going to be a long go or what? I think we're kind of at the beginning, to be honest with you. That's what I sense. I don't know that it's all COVID. I mean, I, you know, the guide said in this book that they dictated right before the last presidential election, it was called the Book of Truth. They said, you know, the energy of truth is here. And everything that has been buried, whether it was five days ago or 5,000 years ago, is, uh, is about to be exhumed. You know, and it doesn't get exhumed so that you can blame it or scorn it or make it wrong. It becomes exposed so it can be healed. Nothing gets healed when it's hidden in darkness. That's what they say. But they say if you want to know what you're in for, you know, imagine that your backyard has just turned into an archaeological dig site. It's a mess. Everything's a mess, you know, for a period of time. It doesn't look the way you want it to or the way you've known it. And I think some of what we're going through now is seeing how we've always been. I think we're seeing, you know, at least in our country, the inherent bigotry, you know, and racism that's always been present. I think this becomes opportunity for change, you know, and um, I hope it is. I hope it's taken that way. But not all change is comfortable or graceful, you know, and, and this is not. And, you know, how we attend to these changes, I expect, is is really dependent on the level of consciousness that we hold. Okay. Paul Selig, the new book, Alchemy, a Channel Text, Book Two, The Beyond the Known Trilogy. Could, could we just shift the subject beyond the book to just spiritual enfoldment for a few minutes, Paul? We can try. Okay. Um, as you know, I take a class with our mutual friend, Jeanette Meek, and it's uh, it really clicked in for me after a year or two. And what I'm finding is the spiritual path of unfoldment is not an, necessarily an easy one or a pleasant one. I'm finding that I, I meet with people and I'm seeing right through or hearing right through what they're saying to layers that I never would have gotten to before. And as I'm trying to lose judgment, my, I'm, I, I quickly snap into the old judgment thing, like, I know what he's talking about, and I don't like it. How, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a challenge in terms of your spiritual enfoldment. How, I guess question number one would be, how can people manage that process, that sometimes painful process of spiritual enfoldment? Well, you know, Jeanette, who I, I adore um, and has been a mentor for me, um, teaches in very specific ways. And my guides don't use the term spiritual unfoldment 
or I think speak of the process, perhaps in the same way that she does. Um, so I don't know how to answer that. I can only speak to my own experience of it. The guides say, you know, what we judge, we fear, which is simple. They say the action of fear is to claim more fear. They say, look at every choice you ever made because you were afraid and see what it got you. Um, and if, you know, you're choosing in fear, more than likely the choice got you more of the same. And, you know, the challenges for me are that I want to be right. and I want to be self-righteous. And the guides say, well, self-righteousness is always the personality self. So when you begin to move to a level where you're not dependent on that, on those ways of being in order to know who you are, to feel vindicated or justified or all of those things, you're, you're beginning to have a different experience of being. You know, when I work as a psychic, um, you know, I have this odd ability to step into people. That's what I do. I don't really work a lot with the dead. They come through sometimes, but I'm like a medium for the living. So I can tune you, if you say my boss is always angry or whatever, I can tune into your boss. I might even start to look like him when I do. Yes, I yes. might feel all that anger. But if I inquire as to the reason for that anger, I can go beneath it to understand to what's really going on in all of these ways that we use to protect ourselves from harm or from judgment or from fear. And when you get to that stuff, the reason behind it, you can often move it. You know, you can often shift it. It can be shifted. But we're so, you know, dependent on the masks of personality. This is who I demand to be seen as. Right. My hunch is if you're beginning to have those experiences, you're just beginning to see, you know, the onion peel. You're moving to the inherent divine that must always be there. I mean, it's one of the most, God's most consistent teachings, you know, is, you know, God sees God in everything. And as you align to the divine self, your perception changes. You really can't, this, this is what they say, you can't be the light and hold another in darkness. That doesn't mean I have to agree with somebody's politics or what they say, you know, but, you know, whoever they are, they have a right to be, you know, that's simple, simple, simple stuff. Um, the keeper of the threshold, uh, we get a lot of that uh, discussion and that concept. And for the day-to-day -day person who hasn't had the opportunity to read all your books, I'd suggest if they start, they start with book one, I Am the Word, and take their time and go through all of them because there's a lot there, there's a lot of attunements. But for just everybody out there listening, I mean, do we have, what's your feeling about and the guy's feeling about the keeper of the threshold, kind of our guardian angel, somebody we work with that can help us kind of get started in terms of knowing that we have help, we're not alone, and that somebody we can, uh, I don't mean somebody, but in essence, we can tap into that will help us through our day to day. Well, again, this is Jeanette's teaching. It's yes. not the guy's teaching. So the guides use different language. and. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with anything Jeanette says at all. I'm not a trained medium. Jeanette is. So Jeanette comes from a spiritualist background where there's protocols, which I admire. And when people are starting to open up psychically and they call me up for advice, I say, you know, this isn't really what I teach. But you might want to check out somebody like Jeanette or many of the wonderful people that are teaching mediumship. Um, I work with a prayer of protection whenever I work. And I do that not because I'm frightened, but it's I, I look at it like, you know, having an umbrella in the rain, you know, just because somebody there, somebody's out there and feels like talking doesn't mean I need to listen to them. 
So I work that way. And I've had other mediums tell me that the guys I work with sort of have little velvet ropes around me to keep me mm-hmm. with teaching that wants to come through. Okay. Um, but I'm just not the guy to teach mediumship. I always say the, the few things that I say to people that are trying to open up. First of all, don't listen to fear. Whenever I see people saying they're channeling and they're they're espousing this evil one and that, I think, oh, that's all that fear-based crap. Right. You know, it's low-level astral stuff that exists. It's a level that you can go to. It's just not the highest. If my guides ever started coming through and saying who killed Princess Di, I'd really change the <laughs> channel quickly because. <laughs> That's their level of interest. You know, it's, it's not a high teaching. Not to say that bad things don't happen and people make poor, poor decisions or destructive ones. That's not what they're teaching. So I always say don't listen to fear and also don't listen to flattery because flattery also tends to be a window in for the lower stuff. You're the only one to do this. You, you know, it's all that self-important stuff which, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of and because I don't think it's high-level stuff. So that's all I can say. You could probably tell me more about the Keeper of the Threshold than I know. But I do believe we have guides and guardians and, you know, beings that support us. I'm just looking for ways that our listeners who are not completely familiar with your work can take those initial steps to raising their vibration and uh living a more spiritual life and getting up to that upper room, even if they don't even know exactly what it is. But just some people, I assume their vibration is pretty high to begin with. And other people who are trying to raise their vibration, maybe their vibrations aren't even as high as those people who don't know anything. So what well, do people do? The, the book that we're talking about is the eighth book in a series. Yes. And the teachings build. So, you know, the guides aren't necessarily, I mean, even though the guides say they teach in a one-room schoolhouse, and that everybody will be met at the level that they can be met at. You know, I, they, they said in a teaching just the other day, you can't storm the kingdom, can't take the kingdom by storm. They say, if you've been living in the darkness, you know, the light needs to come to you at a level that you can handle. You see, if you're thrust into a bright room too quickly, you're going to run from the light. You'll hide your eyes, you'll go blind. You know, there's no need for that. But attending to your consciousness with a trust that you will be met along the way, it doesn't mean it's going to take you forever either. But it does mean, I want to say, you know, because we're, we're in a world, unfortunately, right now, I think, where people can sometimes watch two YouTube videos and suddenly they're an expert and they've got a shingle out. Um, and, you know, I. People, you know, know me from the work of the last 10 years with the books, but I sat in a circle for about 18 years before that in my apartment. You know, I was a college teacher. I wasn't looking to do this work publicly at all, where I was developed as a channel through sitting and doing the work and working with the guides. It took time. And so that's how I think I'm able to work as I am now. That's why I don't teach channeling. I don't know how I do it. And I have no interest in teaching it. Maybe one day the guides will want to. Okay. Our special guest, Paul Selig, Alchemy, a channel text. It's the eighth book in the series. It's the second book in the Beyond the Known trilogy. If I may ask you and the guides one final question, what do I need to know right now? What do you need to know, Robert? Yes. Well, let me see. I'm on my first cup of coffee. It's really, really <laughs> I'll see if I can tune into you at all. 
and do it the old way. And if the guys want to pipe in, perhaps they will. You're still needing to trust that it's all okay, that you can be doing what you're doing. It's interesting because you seem to be testing your footing right now for some reason, as if you're you're trying to maintain your balance, to really trust that your your feet are firmly on the ground at this time. And the only sort of rocking I get is, gen- is the rocking of a gentle boat. There's not a great storm for you right now. And I do hear you're trusting yourself in a different way. And I want to say that that's novel. That's new. That's different. Um, the gods are saying, listen to the divine self. It will always lead you directly to God. It's the easiest way in. They're saying it seeks to show you home. Listen, you will be fine. Great. That's listening to the God within. Okay. Thank you very much, Paul. And you're a true guys guy, and your guides have been so helpful in my life and others, and keep doing the great work. Enjoy Maui. Have the, do, make the most of where you are now, because it's a beautiful place. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and thank you for being, once again, on Guys Guys Radio. You're the best. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, it was a great conversation, as usual, with Paul Selig, the author, the channel and author of Alchemy, a channel text, book two of the Beyond the Known trilogy. It's the eighth book in a series. The first one, if you want to start at the beginning, is called I Am the Word. I stumbled upon that in a store in New York City on Fifth Avenue a long time ago, and I picked up the book. We were in a gemstone place on 14th Street, and... Um, I, they also had some books, some spiritual texts and stuff. So I picked up this book. I read it. I didn't get it. I read it again, which I never do. I still didn't quite get it. And then I read it a third time, and things became the cl- began to click. And there are some attunements within all the books, and they really they make a difference. And I think uh, to boil down what we learned and what we have learned from the, the guide's teachings through Paul is that, one, uh, divinity we need to recognize once we recognize the divinity in everybody and everything our perception of the world and how we uh, experience it will change and it'll change for the better but you have to be willing to let go and in this current book it's about letting go of the uh, definitions and judgments uh, that we all have collectively made i know like a glass is a glass and ice cubes are ice cubes but Everything has been called something by us in a collective agreement, and I think what the guides are saying is that there is actually a better way of seeing the world. This upper room, if you just take yourself up a couple of notches from a frequency standpoint, you will experience the world in a different, uh, more open way, and it could be really cool. Now, some people are not ready for that, and they don't want to go, and other people like, let's go now. But ultimately, we're all connected. We're all on the same journey. We're all going to the same place back to source. As far as I know, nobody gets out of here alive. So we're all going to the same place. And as uh, they say, we'll have many incarnations uh, as we're on the road to learning. So Guys Guys Radio, we are here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA in Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM. There's a rebroadcast of the show every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific time here in California. But the podcast drops worldwide, and I'm talking about worldwide. Every Thursday, we're on uh, 
Apple uh, Podcasts, Listen Notes, Radio Public, Podbeam, Castbox, Stitcher, Podbay, Podtail, Pod Paradise, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, UBook, Hubhopper, Player FM, Mixcloud, Podchaser, iHeartMedia, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Castbox. So we're everywhere. So just check us out wherever you consume your uh, podcasts at, on Thursdays. And also you can subscribe. You can rate and review on Apple. That's a big help to us. Also, my new YouTube channel, it's called, at, at Robert Manny, it's called, we call it Guys Guys TV, and we have uh, kind of the best of our shows, almost every show from KCAA, and uh, we're moving towards uh, all video for the YouTube section, so that's going to be a lot of fun, and that'll be coming up very soon. In the meantime, we have over 425 podcasts available. You can just download and listen for free whenever you want, and we appreciate your support. Now... The other place you can find out more about what I'm doing is at robertmanny.com. We've got over 300 blog posts. Everything about life, love, the pursuit of happiness are there. Three free chapters you can download from my novel, which is a source material for everything Guy's Guy. It's called The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. And it's a novel. It's a rom-com. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps, New York. And it's about strong women and flawed guys and it's been called the male successor to sex in the city so it's a fun book but it's got some messaging and some meaning to it so i hope you you can check it out and also all our shows of course on guys guys radio i'm super appreciative of my audience and my guests we're doing everything we can to make this a fun positive experience where we can uh, help people to think to feel and maybe even act and consider things that are outside of our new new normal purview excuse me uh and somebody like Paul Selig bringing in the information and the channel teachings of the guides is, you know, we had one of the Sopranos on last week. This week we have Paul Selig. So I don't think there's a show out there that really does what we're doing here on Guys Guys Radio. So we're just going to keep at it as we continue to grow and we continue to be appreciative of all these guests. And also you, of course, my listeners, I thank you so much. So anyhow, I'm back next week. And until then, as I always like to say, first of all, have a great week. But also, I always like to say... Guys, guys, finish first.